Thanks for listening to another episode of How Good Is Rugby League? We're stoked to be back for season five, and this year we're coming back bigger and better than ever. That's right, Michael. You've been busy over the off-season. We're now on Instagram, X, YouTube, and TikTok. And, of course, you can listen to us on all podcasting platforms. Now it's time for another episode of How Good Is Rugby League? G'day footy fans and welcome to another episode of How Good Is Rugby League. My name is Emmanuel Penklis and joining me as always on Tuesday, Michael Corbin. Michael, how are you? Emmanuel, I am well considering the circumstances and it's been a bit of a weird week in rugby league, I would say, because uh, there's been no controversies. It's always a nice, nice thing to happen. Uh, no news, no one breaking any COVID breaches in stupid ways, no one's barbecuing, no one's getting private dances. And we can just talk about football, Emmanuel. And what better way to start than Origin Game 3 last Wednesday. And uh, Clean Sweep was on the, on the line for both sides and the Blues could not get it done once again. Emmanuel, what are your thoughts on the game? Well... My issue, Mike, is with Jack Whiten and uh, his selection in the 5-8 position. It was exasperating. It was frustrating to watch. It was not the right call. Uh, He scored a try. Great. He scored a try. Do you know why he scored a try? Because he didn't pass the whole game. There was a lack of connection between the forwards and the backs. The backs struggled to get involved. The forwards made all this ground um, and it was just really frustrating to watch as a blue supporter. And I, I hope that Jack Wyden experiment is over. Um, Mitchell Moses, um, there's been a lot said about Parramatta and their their lack of ability to step up in the big games and where it counts and, and, and when they're in a situation that they can't be in. Um, I thought Moses was, was rather good, but I think this once again proved the point that um, in a big game, Unless it's on on Mitchell Moses' terms, it's a bit too difficult for him. Yeah, I thought Moses was fine. I don't think he was a negative. I thought he was good in defence. I thought his kicking game was solid. Uh, but, look, you, everyone who has listened to this pod for the last two years knows my thoughts on Jack White. I think he is wildly overrated. I think he's one of the most overrated players in rugby league. I think he has. He will go down in the history books as a Clive Churchill medalist and a Dally M winner, and he deserves neither of those. Um, and it, he's, we have, outside of Jack Whiten, is the most damaging ball runner in the NRL since Greg Inglis. That is Latrell Mitchell. And Latrell just did not get any early ball or whatsoever. The one time he did, he scored. Right? It was that try. Um, and I think it was off a kick as well. Um, but yeah, just White just would not give him the ball. I, I just, it, it frustrated me to no end. Uh, news this afternoon is that Mitchell Moses actually played 70 minutes with a broken back. Um, and will probably miss the next three to five weeks, uh, with a fracture. So look, I, I, like I said, I think Moses was fine. 
doesn't help with the player outside when the, you know your other half's partner doesn't promote the ball on or isn't giving you much. He, White's kicking game was terrible as well. Just the whole experiment was was bad. Yeah, the whole experiment is very frustrating. I thought Wyson went out there either he can't pass or he wanted to prove that his selection was valid. There was a point I can't remember the middle of the game where Wyden had the ball. Uh, and Latrell and the winger were unmarked outside and Wyden didn't pass it. And it's it's things like that in a game like this that, that really cost. You need to get your ball to your, your big players um, and your most damaging players. And um, our back five were a, little, were a little bit starved. Tedesco made some good runs up the middle, um, I thought, to bring the ball out of his own end. Um, but there was not enough of the broken play running that was so devastating in the first couple of games. And in situations where it did occur, that, um, I remember there was a Trebojevic turnover, and I think that's because New South Wales were again in that panic mode of, the, you know, that they weren't 20 points ahead. It was, a, it was an uncomfortable situation that Queensland had them in, and it was the sort of, when we're in this situation, we instinctively panic and don't know how, how to, to snatch defeat, snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. So... Yeah. Um, it's it's a learning curve. It's it's I think it's a wasted opportunity for the Blues to um, really pile some um, pile some pressure on Queensland. But a full credit to Queensland. I thought that Ben Hunt had a fantastic game. Fantastic game. He was great. Um, starting looked good. Yeah, Pot- Pot- yeah Pot- I think I think like so like the two the two big changes were obviously Ben Hunt started the game instead of McCulloch and Ponga was a fullback and it made the world a difference. I think. Yeah, it just it made such a difference, and and again, it it and you know we've discussed this off air, Mike, about um, Greg Alexander sort of fronting up to um, NRL three hundred and sixty last week with Paul Kent and copped a bit of a grilling for um, their selection choices. Um, I think they probably have to wear um, those selection options uh, and how they play those players, and it's a great opportunity to sort of try new things in a dead rubber. Um, but I think what we've learned is how crucial, and it's something we've always really known, is how crucial, A, Nathan Cleary is to New South Wales, but B, how crucial club combinations are. They're not to be understated. Um, we remember that, you know, it's... At the, I just think that they're really important at this level to just... It, it, it just makes things so much easier. Yeah. So agreed. much easier. So, um Yeah. One one thing at Origin, one fun stat that I liked, it was not a single goal kick was missed. So both teams were sharp shooting until until the last one. Until the last one, yeah, yeah, yeah that was the it. one that, yeah, yeah the fifty-four yeah. meters out, yeah. <laughs> uh, I had I I had some concerns with how the game was refereed. Too many six agains. Just oh, too it was many. the and and. The commentary team gave it to a commentary team and the halftime uh, report. Like same thing, it was the refs are trying are taking this game away from the players. Uh, there was something like seventeen infringements in the first half, which is this is Origin. You, like you can't let the, that can't dictate this game. It's fine. Um, New South Wales has won the series and. They look like the better team going forward, as long as we have Nathan Cleary in the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Emmanuel. The other big news of this week is that Gus Gould 
a person that we love on this podcast, has stepped away from the New Zealand Warriors and has taken up the post of general manager of football at his old club, the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. I know you love this move, Emmanuel, so give us some thoughts. I I really like this move. This is this is I, firstly I, um, based on the announcement on Friday night. Uh, the Warriors consultancy role just didn't work out, um, and partly because of COVID and the situation there. But it, it does sound like Gus is really committed to development in New Zealand, which is a really good thing for the game. I'm a big fan of this Warriors move. I think Phil Gould is one of the smartest minds in rugby league. Uh, he's been a coach. He's been a commentator. He's been a player. He's been a, a coaching director. He's been an administrator. He turned Penrith around um, in an extraordinary way, um, and, but he has a special, special connection with the Bulldogs. Um, he finished coaching uh, – sorry, he finished playing in 1986, Mike. His last season was um, at Souths. He played a season there. And George Piggins was the coach at the time and credits Gus, who was then uh, still a player aged 28, uh, credits Gus with a lot of South success that season. They made the prelims. Two years later, in his first season as a coach, 1988, he coached the Bulldogs to a premiership. Uh, he was there for two years. Two years later, he went to Penrith, took him to a... Uh, grand final where he, where they were runners up, and then the next year took Penrith to that premiership, uh, and the rest is history. Uh, I think he's, he's excellent. He's exactly what the Bulldogs need. They're very divided between um, the league's club at the moment and the football club. They need to get everyone on the same page. Um, he, he's good at identifying talent. He's good at um, develop putting in development systems in place. Uh, and Canterbury have been at the bottom for too long, and I think sometimes. It, just takes a figure like this that everyone can unite behind and you have some direction in the club. So I, I think it's awesome because the Bulldogs have never never struggled to attract sponsors and never struggled to attract members. They're one of the biggest clubs in Sydney. Um, that they, they have a, a great history. They've won a lot. They've won eight premierships. They had that golden era in the 80s, um, two grand finals last decade, but no success. I think this is a great move. Yeah, they're also a team that is financially sound because the league's club is in such good order. Canterbury breaks down leagues is a ginormous place and you know, the club isn't struggling for money. The salary cap has been the dog's biggest problem over the last few years. Uh, back-ending contracts, uh, signing, uh, overpaying for players that really didn't quite fit together and Gus is going to be able to figure that out. He's, you, can, you can already see Penrith. Trent Barrett obviously came from Penrith last year. Uh, and he, he Gus, Gus has obviously had his uh, hands all over the Penrith development program. Uh, Brent Naden and Matt Burton are coming over from Penrith. I can see some more players in that uh, Penrith development league uh, in their in develop in their development system coming over as well. Uh, and it's it's yeah, it's just building what the dogs already have and making it stronger, making them more financially sound and making smarter football decisions, which hasn't always been the case. Yeah. And I think the, you know, the, what the, what's happening right now at the Bulldogs is a result of um, a lot of people involved with the club, including a couple of former coaches and a couple of former CEOs that really don't understand the club. 
Canterbury is one of those clubs, a bit like Manly, where it really needs someone who has the club in its DNA. You can see the, the, the role of Hasler returning to Manly that it's had on the club. Uh, and I think with Gus there, it's going to be the same. Um, Bulldogs had a lot of success when Steve Folks and um, Chris Anderson were the coaches of the club, both ex-players. And I think despite the fact that Trent Barrett didn't play for them, having someone that really understands Canterbury and can evoke the passion that I think Dean Pay was kind of appointed in such a role and just to restore a bit of pride is a, is a, a huge, huge thing. Um, and their recruitment, there's going to be so much focus on development now with Gus there, but their recruitment for next year is extraordinary. Yeah, well, so as, as of now, like a couple signings that have been uh, not formally uh, not formally uh, put out by the dogs, but Davida Pangai Jr., I believe, will be at the club next year. I believe out of favour, Dragon Paul Vaughan will be at the club next year. They've already signed Matt Duffy on a one-year deal. They've got Matt Burton coming over, obviously. Josh Adokar is coming over. Uh, their, their team's looking a lot stronger, a lot better. They're going to have a lot better halves. Uh, we'll see. I think their big, one of their big issues is the hooking uh, position at the moment. Uh, but their outside backs will be better. And yeah, I think they're going to be they're going to be a, a look. We said this last year. They should be a better team. They weren't last year. Last two weeks though, they've actually put in some pretty decent performances against both our sides. Yeah, and you yeah. can see so you they're, can see they're, they're improving. Yeah, they're competitive this year. There was a point earlier this year where they couldn't score points. Uh, there, there's there's a lot more there. Um, they're more in their games. Um, it's it's good signs from them. It's really good signs. Uh, Mike, I'll just run you through this predicted 13 that Fox Lee put out today. Mm-hmm. Matt Dufty, Josh Adokar and Tui Katoa on the wings, Brent Naden and Nick Kotrick in the centres, Burton and Avarillo in the halves, Luke Thompson and Paul Vaughan at prop, Jeremy Marshall King at hooker, uh, Raymond Fatala, Mariner and Tavita Pangai Jr. in the second row and Josh Jackson at lock. Not a bad side. It's a solid side. It is solid. Um, I'm but, wondering. You know, they've, I'm got to, they've got to work together. They've got to I'm, gel yeah. as well. well. I'm wondering out of car was wasn't he promised the fullback spot? So will he will he get that spot now that they've signed Dufty? Well, that's something that we got to keep an eye on. Um, you know how how this team all fits together. I think their best option at fullback would actually be Jake Avrilo. I think he would be a great fullback in this league if you could find another half to pair with Burton. Um, yeah, that's that's my thoughts. But, yeah, the dogs are on the up and Gus is only going to improve that, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. All right. Okay, Mike, uh, we have a new segment this week, which I'm we very do. excited for. It's called yep. it's called our, our Top Four. And uh, in light of the fact that finals are coming, we thought we'd do our very own Top Four. And um, this week we're going to focus on our Top Four halfbacks in the NRL era. So, do you want to run off your top four first and tell me about why you picked them? I thought it was top four playing right now, but I can I can wing this. Let's do it. Top four in the NRL era. Number one, I'm going to go Andrew Johns. Obviously, I think Joey is the probably. It's tough because I've I've watched a lot of Cameron Smith. Joey's, Joey's the most instinctive and just natural rugby league player I've ever seen. Uh, what he, the way he saw the game, and you can see it now while he's on commentary, is just it's unparalleled. I think 
His ability to pick apart uh, any team was incredible. Uh, unfortunately, he had some off-field incidents and some injury concerns, but when he was at his peak, Andrew Johns is the best halfback that I think has played in the NRL era. Do you agree? Yeah, definitely agree. I just re- I I always just re- have such vivid memories of him from when I was growing when we were younger, and um, just regardless of who I saw today, they'd always be compared to Joey, and Joey was just level above. Yeah, there's a gener- like there is a generation of Newcastle Knights fans who are purely Newcastle Knights fans because of Andrew Johns, not because they grew up in Newcastle, not because they have any affiliation with that part of New South Wales. It's because he was the best player on the field when he stepped on there. Yeah. And, and that's what premierships are about, right? It's all, all just, and, and teams it's, it's about, you know, backing the team that was um, successful and, and who was your favorite player at the time. That's a, that's yeah. what, a lot of what picking a team is about, isn't it? So yeah. Um, yeah, Joey's in there. Another one in my top four was um, Jonathan Thurston. I think yeah. a pretty obvious choice in the role. Yeah. Um, two premierships, 2004 and 2015. Um, he had an incredible knack um, to make something happen in a game. Uh, he was a great footballer, uh, different kind of halfback to um, Joey Johns, I think, but uh, very instinctive. His, his combination with uh, Matty Bowen, uh, in the early days, in his early days at the Cowboys, was was awesome. Um, great spark from those players. Um, obviously, his 2015 premiership was the the most defining moment of Thurston's career. Um, obviously, had some ups and downs along the way. Um, a couple of preliminary finals, Kieran Foran's hand of God. Uh, all these moments come back to mind, but. Um, got there in the end, and who can forget that Ray Warren call of he's got the field goal, he's got the premiership, uh, and on his way to immortality. So um, definitely one of the great halfbacks of the NRL era. Yeah, also crucial to that in extended Queensland origin run. He was every time he was he was excellent every time he stepped on the field for the Maroons. Um, great goal kicker as well. Nailed that one from. Oh, Kevin Yeah, nailed that one from the sideline in the grand final as well. Yeah, to get them yeah. into Golden Point. Yeah, to get them into oh. Golden Point. No. no he missed, missed it. it. He missed and it. And he hit the post. <laughs> he hit the post. That's what I thought. I, I was like, did he hit it? Uh, couldn't remember. Uh, okay. So, yeah, he was also my number two. Number three on my list in the NRL era, I'm going Cooper Cronk. Little, you, might, you might say I'm a little biased here, but the man has played in nine grand finals. Uh, I think he won... Six of them, and six of them, or seven of them. I think he won six of them. Uh, a couple were taken off him, but unlike Joey and unlike Joey and Thurston, Cooper Cronk isn't wasn't the superb athlete that uh, every like th- those other two players were, and didn't have the instincts for the game. Those other two players were, but was probably the smartest football player. Of the last twenty years, uh, he just took he he studied the game more than anyone. Got everything out of the game, and his ability, like for example, that the two thousand eighteen Roosters Grand Final, he he was barely able to do anything with a broken scapula, but he was basically an on field coach and led us around the park just with his mind and just with his brain and his ability. He, he's 
it was so structured in how he played, but I just thought he was an incredible player and, you know, won three premierships in a row. Yeah, I had him in my top four as well. Um, definitely a different style of player, a, a, an incredible game manager. Those six um, six premierships you mentioned, um, obviously three in a row, a very different kind of player, but great control of a game, composure, uh, never lost his nerve, uh, so dependable, uh, just absolutely amazing and obviously a crucial cog in Melbourne, the Roosters and Queensland success. So um, incredible, absolutely incredible. Yeah, that one that one year that New South Wales did break the break the streak was actually the year that Cooper Cronk was out as well. But that's how it exactly. was. Broken arm, broken yeah. arm. Yeah. Who's your last person? Okay. My last halfback is Stacey Jones. Hmm. Uh, when like so, this is far earlier, but uh, amazing player, just natural talent. More of your your Sean Johnson, Cody Walker style of player. Very instinctive on the run. Great runner of the ball. Um, great control of the game. Uh, I just thought he was he was such a treat to watch. I think his try uh, in the two thousand and two grand final for the Warriors against the Roosters was the only try they scored, um, and it was just. Just very special to watch that sort of natural talent sort of skip around and bounce and and is sort of that um, that Cody Walker, uh, Sean Johnson, Benji Marshall style of, of just natural skill and ability. Uh, uh, I've, there's three players that I'm tossing that I've been tossing up. It's Adam Reynolds, it's Daly Cherry Evans, and it's Mitchell Pearce. All three have won a premiership. Uh, I'm going to go with Daly Cherry Evans. Uh, I think he has been a consistent uh, player for many years, won a premiership early on in his career at Manly, uh, had some issues with the whole backflipping back flipping and signing with the Titans and then not signing with the Titans. But uh, if the game is on the line, there is no one I would rather have taking a field goal than Daly Cherry Evans. Adam Reynolds is a very close second. But I think Cherry Evans, his ability to do it with both feet, uh, he's He's performed in big games. He's been good at origin level. He's been good at international level. And I think uh, he he's unfortunately been diminished by being held behind, you know, Cooper Cronk, Cameron Smith, Jonathan Thurston. But he is he has been a superb player for a very long time. And that's why I've got him in my top four. Yeah. I also um, I also think that he is just a very good leader. Yeah, he's agree. very he's very he's very well spoken. Um, he's very clear cut. I've read previously that he's not that popular amongst the playing group because he sort of just sticks to his own line and doesn't really go with what all the players want to think. Um, but I, I do agree that he he should be up there. Um, also, not very popular on the Gold Coast, as we learned last Wednesday night. No, not at all. He is. He is. You. I know you spoke like he's a great leader. He's the head of the Players Association as well. So, yeah, uh, very influential role in rugby league in terms of uh, uh, sticking up for the players in uh, bargaining disputes and all other matters. Heading uh, dealing with the front office. Yeah. All right. That's our top four for this week done. Uh, we will come back next week. Not sure what position we'll do yet, but 
Uh, it'll be. It might not even. Might not even be a position. Might not even be a position. Might. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Who knows? We'll figure it out. Okay. Let's do a quick tipping update now, Michael. Yep. My tipping, and I've never had this problem before, but my tipping has just turned to absolute crap this year, and it's because I have to reveal my intentions on a Tuesday. I've never had this problem. I've never finished outside the top 10 in a tipping comp in my life. Wow. I've plunged. I, I, I'm not even in the screenshot now when you take a photo of the top of the ladder. <laughs> this is just it's just embarrassing. So I, I'm actually going to I'm not going to lie. I had a good look at it today. It's quite funny. I had yeah. a shocking week as well. I only got five. Um, yeah, so did I. But five yeah. for you and five for me are two different things. Um, <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Eleni who uh, picked the round. Two in a row. Picked last week as well. No, she didn't because of origin. Um, uh, but, true. yeah, um, made a point of telling me she was going to pick it and didn't pick it. So it's picked. Um, well done. Um, now, just going through the ladder. So Anthony Penklis is in the lead. Nick Saturis, Zach, Michael J, Alex B are the top five. Thomas S, Michael Corbin, Camilla uh, is eighth. Um, and then Paul S and Mark V round out the top 10. Uh, Jimmy Stav has had probably a bigger fall from grace in tipping this year than me, um, but that's all right. We'll forgive him because he's such a legend. Um, Michael, so I'm actually not going to give away my tips this week. Wow. Because I just, it's a lot of pressure and I just, you know, I, I'm not really an expert in the field now, so I'm out of the top. I've got to make my way back in. Okay. And then I'll give my opinion. So, okay. but before before we do tips, Michael's tips, I'm I'm actually giving up the segment. Just do a quick look at the ladder. Um, so the Storm have won fourteen in a row, yeah, and are sitting pretty in first place. They were spectacular the other night. Um, I watched that first half, and then I got bored and put the rugby on. Um, the Panthers, Souths, and Parramatta round out the top four. Um, four points behind are the Roosters in fifth place on 24, then Manly in sixth on 22. Dragons are seventh uh, on 18, and then in eighth spot are the Sharks, equal with the Raiders and Knights on 16. You then have the Titans in 11th, Tigers in 12th, and Cowboys in 13th, all on 14. The Warriors on 14 in 14th on 12 points, Broncos. Uh, on 10 points, and then the Bulldogs with two wins um, and a lot of losses are coming last. Um, okay. Let's do this. Round, Let's do what this. Are we? Round 20? Round 19. Round 19. Getting ahead of myself. Yep, Round getting 19. a bit excited there. Start off, 7.30 on Thursday night, we have the Eels versus the Raiders. Emmanuel. Yeah, so as Mike flagged earlier, Mitchell Moses ruled out of this Thursday's game. Uh, Jake Arthur, the coach's son, will play halfback again this week. Uh, the Eels get Junior Polo back after Origin and Neocora reverts to the bench and Cartwright drops out. Opacek is out and his place in the centres has been taken by um, Will Penasini on debut. And Blake Ferguson, Mike, is back. Recalled on the wing for the first game since round 12. Um, I can't wait to see him do a somersault in celebration of that. Um, and for Canberra, Wyatton has been sidelined by a rib injury. And Xavier Savage, who had a breakout game last week, is actually out for the rest of the season. 
Uh, Rafana moves to fullback. Smith Shields comes in on the wing, and Frawley is the new 5'8. Brian James off the bench, and Tomoko is the new face. Whitehead remains sidelined and is expected the next week or the week after. And Corey Horsburgh and Dynamis Louis are also expected around then too. Michael, who are you tipping? Tipping para, uh, Corey Hors, uh, not Corey Hors, but Corey Harawira Naira was fantastic on the weekend. Um, an insanely damaging ball runner, just kept on breaking through the line, uh, busting a heap of tackles. Thought he was fantastic, but no Whiten, no Whitehead. Um, Jake Arthur's had a bit of first grade experience now. I am going with the Eels. Um, I just think that they're the better side and have been travelling a lot better all year. And, yeah, that's that's my pick. I think their forward pack is insanely strong at the moment. Isaiah Papali'i has been phenomenal all year. And Madison probably had his best game of the season last week. So, yeah, Parramatta for me. Okay, Friday night, 6 o'clock, Sunshine Coast. The Roosters host Newcastle. Um Wow, it feels like ages ago these two teams played. Uh, Tedesco's back from his post-origin rest. Manu's back in the centres to partner Billy Smith uh, with Josh Morris listed amongst the reserves. Not surprised by that one, Michael. Um, Taukeahu is back on deck and takes his place on the bench. Crichton, who I thought was amazing last week, uh, moves into the starting side and Nat Butcher reverts to the bench. Um, for the night, Saifidi returns... Um, but Mitchell Pearce remains sidelined. Ponga and Clemmer have both been named despite failing HIAs against the Storm. Clemmer has gone from the starting side to the bench and Fitzgibbons on the reserves. Connor Watson will start the game, Mike. Uh, well, whoa, whoa, whoa. I <laughs> want to see it happen because <laughs> at the whole, the first four rounds of the competition, Connor Watson was listed to start at lock. What didn't happen? Connor Watson did not start at lock. I want to see it happen first. Let's let's wait yeah. till Friday night. Uh, so also Sue comes onto the bench and Jack Johns drops to the reserves. Uh, I thought Newcastle were horrible last week, absolutely terrible. Um, mind you, they're up against an amazing Storm side, but and without their two key players. But having said that, the, you know the Roosters looked a bit scrappy as well. They pulled it together, but I'm I'm not. All bias aside, I'm not sold on them. I think that they will scrape the wins, but they they were very ordinary against the Dogs, as were Souths. Uh, and um, I think that they had a, a couple of lucky breaks against the Cowboys, but um, I expect them to win this one. Yeah, I think with Tedesco back, uh, Billy Smith uh, was good on the weekend. Uh, we, we really, like Crichton came off the bench because of origin and I think they just wanted to like not give him the full 80 but wanted him to play the last 60 the moment he came on we were a completely different side um, and I think especially Victor Radley's combination with Tedesco will really help us um, and I refuse to tip the Knights unless both Mitchell Pearce and Caelan Ponga are slated to play because I don't think they've won a game this year if one of them's out and yeah it's just it's, it's been tough sledding for them, considering both of them have had injuries. Ponga obviously went off the field last week for an HIA, about the 30th minute. But yeah, without, without both of them, I can't tip the Knights. And I'm going with the Roosters. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, uh, Friday night, Cowboys hosting the Storm. 
in Townsville. Uh, this could get ugly. David Bowen has been lost for the season. Um, his place in the centres is uh, replaced by uh, Talungi, um, uh, who shifts in from the wing. Cade Bradley comes on the, to the wing for his NRL debut. Lukey's back from his suspension at the expense of Peter Holler for the Storm. Pap is back. Um, is expected to make his comeback off the bench after his concussion in round 10. Crazy. Um, Josh Adokar and Welch are also back on deck after being rested and Big Nelson returns from suspension. Uh, Finucane had that massive HIA against Newcastle and has not been named. And Munster is being rested, so Cooper Johns is given the number six role. Yeah, look. Tell me, Michael. Okay, How many? So, so first of all, first of all, uh, would not be surprised if Nico Hines shifts to six and Pat goes to the back. That would that would be how uh, I think this is a bit of dun- uh, ducks and drags by uh, Bellamy, and I think Pat will start. Um, if the Cowboys get up by twelve points, Cowboys fans, turn off your TV, throw your phone out the window, never look at the score again, because you might you might think that you've actually won the game. Three weeks in a row, you have gone up 12-0 and proceeded to lose. But yeah. I do not think and that if... you will I do not think that you'll leave it close to scoring 12 points against the Melbourne Storm, who are likely to put up 50 against his team, Melbourne Storm. Yeah, and if the storm are up by 12 points, I would also at that point probably throw out the phone and turn off the TV. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because that's probably gonna be after five minutes. Uh, anyway, enough enough said about that one. Uh, Okay, Saturday afternoon, Souths host the Warriors on the Sunshine Coast. This game is always going to be held by Souths there. Um, So Alex Johnson's been sidelined with the hamstring injury, but it has had an issue with before, uh, which is a huge shame because he scored 24 tries this season and was on track to pass 30 the way he was going. Um, And his place is taken by Jackson Paulo. Josh Mansour has earned a ring call. Sorry, a recall with Tane Milne going to the interchange and Braden Burns dropping out at 17. I think that's a good choice. Latrell returns, which is the big boost, and Jai Arrow also returns after his COVID breach for the uh, to a lifetime. And Liam Knight has failed his HIA, um, failed his HIA on Sunday and is not being named. Um, but Jacob Host is in the squad. Now, Liam Knight had a pretty bad head knock earlier this year at training from memory. So um, let's see what comes out of that. Um, Benji and Hame Sele won't be available to play for the Warriors, uh, uh, to play against the Warriors. And for the Warriors, RTS has not been named after failing at HIA against Penrith. Cody Nicarima returns at 5-8. Pompey comes into the centres. Tohu Harris and Egan are gone for the season. Tavanga is at hooker. Murchie in the second row. And Josh Curran will play lock. we're getting close to the end of RTS's NRL career as well, which is a bit sad. We are a uh, big loss for the uh, Warriors if Tohu Harris doing his ACL. Um, he was. I, I spoke about him a couple of weeks ago. He's he's just been insane for them uh, every week, eighty minutes, putting in the hard yards. Uh, South should get this done pretty easily. Um, I just I still question South Sydney's defence. But uh, I don't think that the Warriors have the firepower. Wouldn't be surprised if Reese Walsh breaks a line a couple of times, maybe puts over a couple of tries. But 
South should get this done pretty easily, in my opinion. Yeah, um, and I agree with your comments about their defence. Okay, Saturday, the uh, Seagulls host the Tigers at Suncorp, um, which is a happy hunting ground for the Tigers after their win last week. Uh, For Manly, Trevojevic, Cherry Evans and Trevojevic, the other one, uh, have returned to the lineup in a major boost. Garrick reverts from fullback to the wing. Uh, Sully's on the extended bench. Lawton drops out and Trebojevic's selection sees Kepi go to the interchange. Josh Alloy has been named. Um, so some big ins there. And for the Tigers, Madge is named an unchanged 17. Um, the only extended, the only change is the inclusion of um, Jake Simpkin on the extended bench. Um, I thought Dewey was awesome last week. I thought the Tigers were good last week. I thought the Tigers were good last week. It was up against the Broncos, so you're not sure, you know, what they're what they're actually going to be like. Maybe they were just really hyped that their documentary came out last night. Um, Have you watched I, it? No, I haven't. I am. I thought merely without their two best players, I tipped. I stupidly changed my tip, thinking that Charlie Evans was out. Changed my tip to the Dragons. It cost me last week. Schuster was incredible. Olakawatu was awesome. And I think Manly will uh, take a win like that with their two best players out and continue. And this could be a cricket score. Manly to win. Uh, Tom to continue his form. And with Nathan missing a few weeks here, could rocket up the Dally M, rocket up above him uh, and maybe snatch the Dally M from him. Yeah, well, don't discount Jack Whiten. Um, now, 7.30 on <laughs> Saturday night, um, the Panthers host the Broncos at Suncorp. Big in for Penrith with Jerome Luai back. Burton shifts to the centres. Naden relegated to reserves. Tyrone May is still number seven. And Cleary is scheduled to return next week. So, Coruscant has been uh, named after starting last week on the bench. And for the um, also, James Fisher-Harris has been named and Kikau is uh, also playing. They had a clash last week, but they are all good. Um, for the Broncos, Flegler and Ricky have been named in the starting side. Reese Kennedy and Rabadi go to the bench. Xavier Coates was rested following Origin, but has not been named to return. He's listed amongst the reserves. Mike? Uh, I am obviously going to go the Penner Panthers. Interesting that Matt Burton is playing in the four and Tyra May at the seven jersey. I think that's more of a looking towards next year if Cleary and Luai do miss time, give May more reps at the playmaking position. Um, Burton has been a quality centre this year as well, but May has also done that job. So, yeah, just I think a bit of future-proofing by them. Um, I, yeah, Panthers for me, uh, they're... They're just too strong. They're they're way too strong. Yeah. Uh, Sunday afternoon, the Dragons are back at uh, Seabus. They're playing uh, the Titans for St. George. Corey Norman's going to be serving his COVID breach suspension and Jaden Sullivan will be taking over at 5'8". Dufty, Tyrrell Fumiano and Kate Ellis return after serving their bands. Um, Tyrrell Sloan's on the extended bench and Tui Maranu and Ellis in the reserves. 
Ben Hunt is the only player to retain his spot in a major reshuffle of the back line. Corey, uh, Cody Ramsey and Gerard Bill move from wing to centre. Uh, Bird goes from centre to second row. Um, winger Fear Guy returns from ankle injury for his first game since debuting in round nine, and Billy Army drops out of the squad. Jack DeBellin goes from the front row to the interchange. Josh Kerr shifts from the second row to take over at prop. Josh McGuire moves from the bench to lock, and Jackson Ford drops out of the squad. And Adam Clune takes Billy Burns' place on the bench. What is going on? I don't know. For the Titans, Sammy, Fogarty, and uh, Clark have been lost to injuries. Um, Toby Sexton has been named to make his debut at halfback. Um, and Mo Fotoaker wins back his starting spot after Origin. Mike, who wins this one? It's a really, really tough one. Um, Fogarty's a big loss. I don't know how long he's going to be out for, but had one of those nasty compound fractures to one of his fingers. And we saw a lot of bone on the weekend. Um, oh, it's really, really tough. <sighs> Going to go to the Titans. I think I think they're just a bit stronger than the Dragons. I just, I don't know. I don't like what I've seen out of the Dragons. Titans can be good one week and terrible the next. Um, don't know why David Fafita wasn't playing the full 80 last week. It was really interesting. Um he was on the bench for a large portion of the game and considering he didn't play Origin, it made very little sense to me. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to Titans. I don't feel good about it though. Yep. Okay, last game of the round, the Bulldogs host the Sharks. Uh, this is the second game in the doubleheader on the Gold Coast. For the Dogs, Jeremy Marshall King returns from suspension, which forces Katoa to the bench. CU Manifagai promoted from the interchange to the start, and Luke Thompson is locked. Josh Jackson to second row, and Dory drops to the reserves. Stimson's the new face. Adam Elliott and um, Dates, who's the backup hooker, have both had their discharges from the casualty ward postponed. For the Sharks, Aidan Tolman will miss this week after accepting a ban, um, a one match ban. Uh, and Toby Rudolph moves from lock to replace Tolman in the front row. Mike, who you got? Another really, really tough game. Um, far out. I think I'm going to go to the Sharks. I just can't tip the Bulldogs. I know they've been better the last couple of weeks. I just can't tip them. Um, I'm going to go to the Sharks. Uh, I really, really, really like their hooker, Bailey Biondiodo. I thought he was fantastic. Brought him a lot of energy. I uh, wouldn't mind seeing him get a few more minutes. Um, yeah, don't feel good about it, but I'm tipping the Sharks. Okay, so to recap Michael's tips, everyone, which will get you a perfect score, um, which is also a score above what I get. Um, we have the Eels over the Raiders, the Roosters over the Knights, the Storm to beat the Cowboys, Souths to beat the Warriors, Manly to beat the Tigers, Penrith to beat the Broncos, uh, the Dragons to beat the Titans, and the Sharks to beat the Doggies. Yep, that's it. I think we're done, Emmanuel. I think we are, Michael. Fantastic. We will uh, wrap it up there. Um, as always, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Tell all your friends. Uh, if you're going for a walk, I know it's tough. Not many people are commuting to work anymore. If you're going to work, if you're going for a walk, chuck us on. Always helps. Uh, and I hope everyone is enjoying their isolation and lockdown. Uh, 
one more thing, Emmanuel. How good is rugby league? How good is rugby league? Thanks, guys.